Seven times. Seven times Jesus said this most remarkable statement, starting with those special words, unspeakable, most holy, most holy to all unspeakable among those who already were living with him. I am. I am who I am, God told Moses, a most unspeakable identification of the true God. Heresy, if one were to say it, except that Jesus did, and he was accused of that because of these statements, but also embraced, even to this very day, to people of faith like you and me. Famous but infamous words. The first sentence of which we celebrated, speaking of celebration, on Easter. As the Lord's Prayer, we concluded, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, coupled with I am, the resurrection and the life. Such a beautiful statement. The first time, I am the resurrection and the life. Last week, I'm the light of the world. And today, these special words, I am the good shepherd. This is a non-controversial claim for people like you and me. It is very special as well. It speaks to us. Although, I don't think there's any shepherds here. Are there? I didn't think so. Sheep aren't a part of our everyday experience. Not mine, probably not yours either. Although, I have known a couple of shepherds over time, but they've come from other places, and they've come to talk about their work. But yet, yet we can relate to that image somehow, some way, perhaps because of Jesus' identification with that. I remember growing up, well, at least part of it, and I remember being in church, and over the pastor's right shoulder on the wall was a very special picture. A picture that I thought a lot about. A lot about. Sometimes even more than the sermon. Especially in my younger days. I looked at that picture and I just thought so much about Jesus. I thought about that little lamb in his arms. Couldn't help but remember that as we sang a moment ago, I'm Jesus' little lamb. And as I looked at the other sheep, I could see faces, uh, human faces. And I connected with it through the word, yes, but through that picture as well. And maybe you too, through that very special and very famous picture. This was a part of how Jesus identified himself but it had its roots not only with the name given to Moses, but also with King David. Do you remember David as he started out as a young boy? He was a shepherd. He tended the sheep. And from that calling, he moved to be king. King. And he brought something special. He was not only a great warrior and known for that, but he brought aspects of being a shepherd to the kingship, a softer side, a side of care and love and concern. 
And putting those two together, Jesus identified himself, both with the great I am, declaring himself to be God, and connecting himself to the royal lineage, the lineage of David, from whom it was promised the Messiah would come. And he said, Jesus did, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. I know my own. I remember many years ago, before we were married, among the number of us who would get together from time to time, we played a game. A game that was from television in those days. The newlywed game. Some of you may remember that. Others, well, listen how it worked. It worked by couples, men and women together, but then they were separated. And for instance, the men were asked questions and asked to give an answer that their spouse would give, and then vice versa. When Susan and I played, you know, virtually every time we got our answers right. I knew how she would answer, and she knew how I would answer. And as I said, we almost always were right on the mark. Today, <laughs> today, probably not so much. After 50-some years together, 50 married and a few more having known each other, I'm not sure I know her that well to be able to predict just what she would say. Because you see, we've grown. We're, we're different than what we were back then. We know each other, but not all together. We've grown in knowing each other, but never to that degree again. But there's Jesus. There's Jesus who knows us inside out. He knows everything about us from the beginning of life all the way to where we are and onward. Like none other, Jesus knows us. And you know how that word is used in Scripture, do you? It's used to describe the most intimate connection between husband and wife. I can't help but remember how it said, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore a son. A union, not only physical, but it indicates that, that intimate, very close relationship that is not only physical, but it's also in every other kind of way. I know my own. The knowledge goes deep with Jesus. He knows it all. He knows our hearts. You know, sometimes I look at people and I look at their behavior, I experience it, and I say to myself, well, I know what's inside. Hopefully I say it to myself, but I think I know. But then I realize I don't really know. Not for certain, not altogether. That person's heart could be different than what I perceive. Jesus knows our circumstance. He knows the circumstance behind the circumstance, which is often unknown to us. What causes what just happened? How does one react to what's going on around? Sometimes we don't even know what's motivating us and what's moving us to say or do whatever we do. But, but Jesus knows our heart. 
He knows our circumstance, and he knows our needs. We know what we want, but we don't always know what we need. Jesus knows both, and he's able to translate what we say we want, even what we pray for what we want. He knows what we need. And if he doesn't give us what we want, although he will, when he doesn't, he gives us what we need. That's how close a connection he, I am, knows us, as God alone knows us. And he knows us as a shepherd knows his sheep. He meets those needs directly, and he meets those needs through other people who are around us or who come into our lives. You know, to be known like that is humbling, but it's also, well, it can be threatening because it makes us very vulnerable for someone to know us like that, but not Jesus. When he, and because he knows us that well, that thoroughly, that deeply, we don't have to be afraid knowing him and following him because he's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He loves us. And that's in the connection between him and us that we value, that being known by him, he wants. He will do only what is best for us, vulnerable though we be. We have sung it this morning. We've said it perhaps often. We've heard it. I've heard it, people wanting to hear it on a sickbed, and so often at funerals, the words of the 23rd Psalm. I don't want you just to hear them or just to sing about them. I want you to say them with me this morning because they touch deeply. Would you? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The old King James Version of that psalm we find on our lips when sick, along with the prayer Jesus taught oftentimes. Why? Because it brings the comfort of our Lord to us. It is not only a number of words but it's something of our faith. Words that are spoken along with the prayer Jesus gave, no doubt, often in New York and in Texas these days, after the great tragedies that occurred there. Words that come to mind, both by prayer, and even these words that become a prayer, not only for us, but for others. Jesus said it, I'm the good shepherd. And when he said it, what those words convey is that I am the best 
not only good, not only better, but I am the best of shepherds. And you know, this goes back to the Old Testament. If you're familiar with Ezekiel chapter 34, through Ezekiel, God spoke and he said about his shepherds, about his human leaders, that they had been unfaithful, that they were shepherding for their own advantage, for their own self. And he blasted them, God did. And what he claimed was, is that he himself, God, would be the good shepherd one day. And that came true in Jesus, who said it, who lived it, and said, I know my own. I know them. And he said, my sheep know me. You know, I've learned through books and through a couple of personal connections that sheep are like that. For as dumb as we call them and think of them, they can distinguish somebody's voice. They know their shepherd and they know those who are not. And they know that shepherd deeply. The voice of the shepherd we have all learned in our own experience to know the voice of Jesus. We know it because we read it. We read the voice of Jesus. And while it doesn't speak out loud to us, the voice of Jesus does in fact speak as we read his word. We've got it. And it's always here. And we commit it even to our minds so that when someone says it or when we read it, it's Jesus that is in our hearts. We listen, we recognize, and we follow the true voice, the voice of the one who would lead us. It's a truth. It's an invitation. It is direction for you and for me. It's in his word. We've got it. And we can do those things. But it's also in our hearts. You know, it is there through his word in our heart. But, but sometimes, well, I liken it to this. Every now and then I get a nudge. And I don't know where it comes from, at least often at first glance. I experienced this over the last number and number of years as a pastor. I'll get a nudge to go see somebody that they want to talk or that they would like me to be with them. And I remember early on, uh, maybe tomorrow, I thought, or maybe the next day. And I ignored the nudge only later, even a little later, to realize I shouldn't have because the person got sick and a couple of instances they actually died. And ever since then, when I get the nudge, I follow because I, I realize it's Jesus and the power of his spirit that are nudging me. God's word within. I know that we've often discouraged people from counting on that, from looking to that. And that caution is in place. But we need always to test that nudge, that whatever kind of feeling within us, that it lines up with what Jesus has said, that it lines up with what Jesus has done. And as we read his word, and as we listen to him who lives within us, who is in our heart, that we follow. 
My sheep hear my voice, and they follow. Jesus said it. That's what our life is all about. You know, the very beginning of our life in Christ is really quite simple, very direct, easy to understand. I lay down my life for the sheep, Jesus said, and he did it. We embrace that truth of his life, of his death on our behalf, and his resurrection, proving that all our sins have been paid for. That's the easy part, a great precious part of our faith. But then following, that's difficult. That's not always easy. But my sheep hear my voice, Jesus said, and they follow. The ordinary sheep do it. We're called to do the very same, to listen to Jesus, but then to walk in his way, to sort out the voices that are around us and to determine whether those are the same as the voice of Jesus and to listen to Jesus and always to follow him. Discipleship, following, not just 12 long ago, but you and me today. It's a basic part of our faith. It's that which follows having been made God's children, the very sheep of the good shepherd. So today, as Pastor Sean said, we celebrate. We celebrate not only and remember those who've gone before us, who serve now, but especially those who've given their life for the good of you and me and our country. But today we also remember and give thanks for the shepherd, the good one, the best one, the ultimate shepherd. And as I go away some weekends, I find what we've sung, what we've said, goes round and round in my head and heart. And I hope that's true for you too. Familiar words, but words that last, words that guide, Words that encourage, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, my sheep know me, and they follow me. Here, now, and like Revelation said, to that great and glorious day. Amen. And God, we pray through the power of his spirit, will do exactly that. Keep us as we follow. Can we speak of our faith? Let's. The Nicene Creed. Let's stand together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. 
And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As we think and pray even silently into ourselves about that promise, that truth of God in Jesus, um, maybe even before, would you fill out one of these cards, a connect card to know that we know you're here, but also a concern that you may want to note on the back. As also, we remember our offerings, but offer God the praise in music this morning. Please be seated. 